0: We're gonna stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. It's time, America, for the number one conservative common sense podcast that's calling out all the social justice, political correctness crap, and putting it on the run. Do you think you can handle it? So hop in and buckle up and get ready to ride with two straight-shooting, tell-it-like-it-is ex-street cops. And
1: they know how to party with few inhibitions.
0: As they give the special interest and weak need politicians a swift kick in the ass. Wow, is that legal? With some good old-fashioned common sense. Bring it on, baby. It's Cop Talk USA. With your hosts, Marillo and French.
2: Well, hello, everybody. I'm Roger French. Welcome. I've got my sidekick, big partner, Chicken dinner here, chicken, Dave yeah, Marillo,
3: whatever. Hey, French, how you doing? What are
2: you doing, baby? I'm doing good. Uh, you doing know, good. you know, life's good. You yeah.
3: know, the holidays are are here, and and family and friends abound. Uh, I'm blessed. I can't complain. Let me guess. The beard. Ho, ho, ho. Santa. Sa- yeah. Santa I the, Marillo.
2: I got the beard going uh, you here. Got the grandkid. Yeah. You gonna get the suit, the hat, yeah. the whole deal? No, no,
3: no, no. Yeah. One of my brothers told me to shave it off. Said I look too much like a Mexican. <laughs> Well, I don't, yes. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know. It's okay, French. I'm Hispanic. I can make fun of myself.
2: The white liberals can pack it. okay, oh, quit it. I'm yeah. going to have to object to that. Yeah. Karen's going to call in and get you. <laughs> so um, I tell you what, I'm happy about. I, I, uh, I know I, you know. basketball. Yeah, boys, my bad. Yeah. Yes. Guess I think we beat the Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Dana. Sorry. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I took him to the game with me and he was very upset after that. Yeah. Uh,
3: well,. A, you know and you know i'm not a basketball fan but they iowa states doing very well i mean they're undefeated i think right
2: well absolutely they are they're 10 and 0 and uh i think what what's that put the hawkeyes i think they're 7 and 3 something like no They're idea. still a good team they're a really good team i have no
3: idea you know once again and probably why i never follow basketball is I am nowhere near coordinated enough to run and bounce that ball without being accused. I just
2: want to see you run up and down the court. That, I'd just be pleased to see that, <laughs> see uh, Santa uh, going up there. But, no, it was a great game. It was full. I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a good season. And nobody expected that out of Cyclones. No. Nobody. No, hey, congratulations to them for phenomenal work
3: so far. Yeah. So
2: far, Roger. So far. That's well, That's right. it's that season. It's mm-hmm. that season. So we've got a good show. We've got a lot of stuff going on today you know we've got some, two great guests oh yeah oh yeah. yeah i got nicole top drawer nicole's coming mm-hmm. on nicole hassel mm-hmm. i got uh, west des moines chief coming on of course yep. you know he's in my he's in my district so i gotta ask him chief did you have trouble finding where this i'll, was bet, at? West des moines. I'll bet i'm gonna not. tease him a little bit you know anyway <laughs> something i want to talk about a little bit i know you've got some some things you want to go over um i want to talk about this minneapolis shooting that involved Officer Potter up there in Brooklyn Center, Minneapolis, you know, she's the one that accidentally, and I say accidents because accidents happen. Uh, not everything is a criminal charge in my book. Now, you know, people make mistakes. They make simple accidents. You know, there's civil remedies for those. You can sue those people. Sure. But they're not all, not everything is, is, is criminal, and, and they've charged her with that. And I, I think she stands a pretty good chance. But I was looking at that, and, you know, as I think about it, you know, they pulled this young man over. He's got warrants. He's got a failure to appear. He's got a warrant for fleeing the police and having a possession with a gun without a permit. Yep. So I mean, these are things you, you want to be cautious. Then he decides to fight the police out of there. And she accidentally, through this, grabs the wrong the wrong gun. She grabs the revolver and uh shoots the guy, the the young man. And uh, you could see she was she was distraught. It mm-hmm. immediately happened. Sure. This wasn't this wasn't fixed, this wasn't anything. And uh the chief police up there, he resigned when this first happened and he said, Hey, this was totally accidental. They want to classify it as an accidental discharge. Now, I, I don't know if we're going to ban around words, but you know, officers make mistakes. You know, it'd be like to me, it'd be like being in a squad car and accidentally backing out and hitting somebody, you know, or anything like that. But they got a mayor up there and he wanted to make this a big deal and he pushed this. And it's just kind of a legal litmus test that they're going to have to meet and they're not going to meet it here
3: is criminal intent. Okay. And there was no intention yeah. on behalf of that young officer to shoot and kill anyone, period. And she
2: was, and let me back up here, she was not young. She's a 26-year-old veteran sure. with not a blemish on her record. So there. Yeah. So this isn't somebody she can go, oh, we we uh, saw this, uh, you know, the, they've had this many complaints. No complaints, no mm-hmm. anything. It was accident. It yeah. was an accident. And, but,
3: uh, you know, that doesn't fit the current narrative on some of these radical cities. So, unfortunately, she had the dubious distinction to be employed by one but i think she'll be okay and i think the city will probably pay out damages that's usually the way it works yeah
2: well yep. that's that's why yep. i hope you know at a time it's it's difficult and everybody uh wants to try It's to a rough time to be a police officer in the country period so what do you got buddy i know you got something there
3: um it's been a rough week for our neighbors south of here in arkansas and southern missouri and what have you and i want to just tell those folks i know we have listeners down there that um your th- our thoughts and prayers are with you up here in iowa we know uh, how devastating tornadoes and floods can be and what you experienced is horrible down there so state of iowa has you in your in their that, thoughts that, and prayers. that
2: hit a number of states oh there, my didn't gosh it? i mean t- kentucky is the one that i that i know yeah, that, yeah. where that factory was yeah. hit with those people it's bad and i think the first responders did a great job they showed up and, yep. and, and did the best they could to save some of those people but so, you know, you, yeah, you, you, you
3: hit know, a candle you, factory down there really bad. And right. I think, you know, most of the employees, unfortunately, in there lost their lives. So uh, this is, you know, just bad on top of bad and, and they're in our
2: thoughts and prayers. Well, it kind of seems like we're seeing more and more of that uh, this weather. Um, I mean, we're going to have 70 degree weather up here. I'm kind of excited about that. But, you know, and Jesse
3: Smollett, he experienced some bad weather this oh, week. It's called well, a, a verdict. OK, Um uh, I worked for the Des Moines Police Department for 34 and a half years, and I investigated crimes the right. last 19 years of my career. Do not file a police report that is false. That's the message here. Do not do it. If you think you're going to get away with doing that, you're wrong. The, the investigation will prove whether or not what you're claiming happened. And, and if you do it with intent to, like Smollett did, you're going to set yourself up for charges. I,
2: I just, the whole thing about that kind of floored me. I, you know, it's hard telling what criminals go through their minds when they create these acts. You know, what's the benefit? I mean, here's a guy that had money, that was successful. What's he going to gain from this? I think he needed a t- added
3: attention. Plus, he he wanted to be on the bandwagon. Right, now, the anti-plea be, or, or the anti-Trump. Be,
2: be a victim. It, it was it, kind of yeah, funny. He was. Yeah. It, uh, I was attacked by Trump supporters in downtown Chicago that are just happened to be carrying all these things that he. You yeah. Uh, At yeah. what was it? Two it in the morning. Make, it didn't going to someplace. Yeah. And, and then of course he he forgot to the guys he hired to do this didn't pay him enough money to keep their mouth shut because, yeah. boy, they just turned on yeah, him don't, like a dime. Don't have an entourage. Yeah. Like, well, that, you're do that entourage like gave this. him up so fast. Oh, oh yeah. Boom. <laughs> yes, yeah, dimed him. Yeah, well, I mean.
3: That, that, and then the thing that I, I was noticing, I, I you know, I'm know like I've said before, I'm kind of a news hound. I believe in karma. Okay, yeah, yeah. And if you don't believe in karma, just ask Cuomo's producer at CNN. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, he got arrested for some really ugly, nefarious child, yeah, yeah, pornography. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but he got arrested. And so,
2: you know, once again, karma she's waiting for you. Well, between you know the Cuomo boy brothers, and between the who was the guy that was doing the uh, the video conferencing. (laughs) And playing with himself. Oh yeah, yeah that, that guy. That now you got, yeah. this, oh, now yeah. you got this. Now you got this. This producer. They got a. Whole, they, they got a bunch of dandies <laughs> hired down there. I'm going to tell you what. I'm, I mean, and, and, and of course, I saw Chris. Uh, Chris, the guy from box, is going over there because I guess they got job openings. Yeah. Oh, uh, they got a lot of job openings uh, yeah, over there. You, their, you... their ratings are in the tank. But I did hear that 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 was bought by uh, an outside party who's taking controlling interest, and he wants to try. to. He has come outside. He wants to try to get them to be. Uh, going back to more news and, and actual reporting. You mean actually report the news
3: okay. instead of being an activist journalist? And, and pushing yeah, in yeah, there, being the, yeah. the
2: DNC, uh, liberal. The yeah, I don't know. But, he, but he's supposedly, it uh, will be a breath of fresh air. Let's see what happens.
3: Hey, you know, like we always say, too, on this program, there are millions of blue dog Democrats whose voices aren't being heard. Oh, yeah. And so we, we love the blue dog Dems oh, yeah. all day
2: long. Oh, yeah. Yep. Hey, one good thing uh, I want to tell you this week: we uh, didn't have any police officers killed in the line of duty. That's a blessing. I yep. mean, every week we we read the names off. Mm-hmm. I didn't find any. Now that's excluding COVID. I'm not yeah. counting COVID, but you know, there were any shootings. Nobody died in traffic accidents, and uh, you know, uh, thank you upstairs. I'll tell yeah. you that. Thank yep. you. Somebody's looking out. Yep. And uh, you know, if we can do that, that that's great. I think we got to do our segment. And now it's time for Ass Hats of the Week.
0: It's time. Yes, it's true. He's
2: a real asshole. <laughs> there, <laughs> there. Dave. It's Dave. Dave, go
3: ahead, buddy. Fire away. Uh, be, in my book, uh, this week's ass hat is Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. You familiar with her? I think I know her. Yeah. About her. yeah. Her staff are leaving her like rats deserting a sinking ship. She's not prov- providing any leadership at all. She has nothing to offer except that god-awful hyena cackle, you know, I mean, the the leadership from her is non-existent. And I hope folks across the gamut understand that when the Democrats themselves, she was polling at about 1% in the primary. Right. And you expect somebody like that, that you had no real interest in being your Democratic candidate for president. Right. Then all of a sudden jumps up to the forefront because Joe Wander— you're you're getting what you thought you were getting rid
2: of. Well, I don't think I don't think they want her to run. When he, I, I she can't run. I think that I think they're in a quandary over there about what they're going to do. They got big problems. I, I think Joe doesn't run. I I could see him doing on the primary. I I mean I don't know if that that makes sense, but I could see it. You're going to see
3: I, conservatives on the Democratic side and the Republican side sweep the 22 elections, and in 24 we'll have a conservative Republican back in. And I'll tell you for my money right now. And I could change at Ron DeSantis.
2: He's a player out of Florida. I think I like his positions. I think Kim Reynolds has picked up some of those positions. Mm-hmm. I like the, the, you know, the, he's gone after protesters. You know, you're not going to come down here and fool with our tourists. You know, he's taken kind of hard stance and I like him a lot. And I think, I think a lot of Cuban people that have come over uh, like him. Hispanics like,
3: are like huge him. supporters of the capitalism in this country that made this country. Great. You go out and get your piece of the pie, but you got to earn it. You, nobody gives it to you. You know, like going back to your late dad, did somebody give him those truck dealerships and he just said thanks and ran them? Oh, no. No,
2: no, no, no. no. He, uh, he, yeah. he was a self made guy. Yeah. Uh, he, I, he's I, a, he's uh, a, uh, a, the late Rod French was a shining example of the American dream. I I think he I think he worked where he started and Mm -hmm. he actually got fired by that company. I never tell the story. He he started for the company in (laughs) Omaha. They, we worked in Des Moines. He got transferred to Omaha. He got fired by that, by the same company. So the guy in Omaha said, or Des Moines said, come on back over here. You did such a good job. So he rehired him over here. He ended up buying the dealerships and then went back and bought the dealership that, Fired him. Oh yeah, and the guy that fired him was still there not for oh. very long not for very long <laughs> anyway well, that's right that, 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 that's your karma your the dave marillo oh, karma yeah dave yeah, yeah say um i just want to talk about next couple of weeks what's going on uh uh next week we have uh john quinn coming mm-hmm. in yep. uh we got i think we've got a couple other uh potentials going to join us john is the the waukee police chief and uh, he was at the ball game with me the other night. I saw that. Yeah, he. I, you yeah. know, I take, I take Nicole's been with me. Uh, yep. Of course, Dana, and you know, we like to take our guys up there and and, uh, that. and do yeah. that. Um, I've known
3: John Quinn for years. Um, he's a solid. He's a good. Man. Johnny's good guy. He's retiring in a year. You know that. Yeah, he ought to. He's my age. I mean, I'm I'm getting close to retirement too. I mean, at some point in time you got to hang up your. Skates. When, you, when you're retired, you get pulled back in. Yeah.
2: No, so uh, we got mm-hmm. that going on. Then obviously we're going to be we're going to take a couple weeks off. Yep. The holidays, week after Christmas and uh, a week after New Year's. Yeah, and, then- and hey, we want to thank the uh,
3: thousands upon thousands of people who are listening to this. We're still picking up speed, and we're going to be really busy in 2022 because we're going to help elect patriots. To office uh, in the state of Iowa we've got to turn our country around and get back to being and, moderate conservative patriotic America and obviously always be a voice
2: for common sense oh, and, and pro and, and, and law enforcement and, 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 and I'll and, tell you and, nothing uh, too we're Roger not gonna, we're not going to take bad politicians no uh, like uh, a certain uh, councilwoman in Des Moines that yeah we well discuss right now But I have a long about. track record
3: of protecting police officers so long as they're right as long as they did what was they were supposed to do and I'm going to continue doing that. And I've never defended or made an excuse for a police officer that screwed up. Well, okay? that's
2: about 99 and nine. It's less than seven. one. Less than so, one half of one percent across. So the I don't. Country. I think you got a good job there. Yeah, we're good. So I think uh, Bob, we're going to go into our next segment. We're going to have our first guest on. Any uh, stranger to our program, we love her to death. We support her 100%. She's a candidate for your District 3 in Iowa, U.S. Congress, running against Cindy Taxme. It's Nicole Hassel. Nicole.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank Welcome. you so much for Welcome. having me tonight. Welcome. I truly do appreciate it. Our it's pleasure.
2: Been. I had to have you back. A pleasure. Because we like, we like seeing you. Of course, I like taking you. You're my favorite uh, uh, Cyclone basketball courtside partner. We go up there. <laughs> that was a lot uh, of fun. <laughs> you know, I think your son liked it. Um, tell me about redistricting. How did that affect, that happened since you've been on?
1: Yes, it How has. How
2: has, has that affected you, or, or tell me a little bit about that?
1: You know, now I have 21 counties instead of 18, so. Uh, you picked the, up some new counties. I picked up some new counties, so I've been definitely trying to make my way throughout the counties. Um, I was down in tunnel on Friday all day. Wonderful, wonderful Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, people. mm -hmm. I am Mm -hmm. looking forward to making my way through the rest of the counties and just introducing myself was in Guthrie County um, last week as well.
2: Right, right. When you're out, is there a common thing you're hearing from folks about government or current government? What do you hear when you get out and see these folks? You know, what are they interested in?
1: A lot of people are really frustrated with um, this inflation that we're dealing with. Mm, um, yeah. we're, they're seeing it at the pumps. They're seeing it at the grocery store. And for Cindy Axney to sit there, sit there, and say on at her town hall meeting that, "Oh, we're not experiencing inflation." That's something that the Republican Party is is um, bringing up and lying about. I'm like, okay, obviously you have never been to, you haven't been to the gas station or to the grocery that's store. That's a
2: that's a play out of Biden's handbook. Oh, it, it doesn't. If I say it's not happening it doesn't exist it doesn't exist well I got an answer you it kind of does
1: it does it's called common sense but the,
2: I, I will tell you something funny I did notice you know up until a few months ago her commercials that I've seen all had Biden in the commercial
1: oh yeah I mean
2: he had as much face time with her as she did and now all of a sudden he's gone crickets that's right mm-hmm. she's t- she's Put new commercials out, and there, there's nothing about Biden in there.
1: But wait a minute, she had someone from the squad here campaigning for her and speaking on her behalf. Oh. So that speaks volumes well, as well. well. So that's well, West t- Coast and East Coast s- supporting Cindy Axney and not Iowa. She, what, I,
2: what I want to know is who from the squad can relate to Iowans? Which one of those? Which one of those <laughs> dim bulbs relate to a, an Iowan? you know and no, i'm not, not t- i'm not talking about color here i'm talking about common sense values well I mean, it's a control thing there big money's going to
3: pour in from the east coast to go against anybody who's running against Cindy axney because only Cindy Axne cowtails to their narrative. Oh, absolutely. That's why they're supporting her. It's, it's politics. You know, they
2: tried that. Where was that election on the on the coast? There was it uh, Virginia or wherever they brought in all the heavy hitter guns and Biden went down there. They still got their butt kicked. Yeah, so they lost. They yeah. I, you're going to see a lot of that coming up. So I truly so believe that as well. You're getting out. You're seeing folks. they are talking to them. Uh, you're getting good good vibe from them. You, you know, they like you. I, I oh mean, my goodness! Yes. Yeah. Like so
1: so great response. A lot of people are excited about my candidacy. They're mm-hmm. excited about the race and just a lot of support um, that mm-hmm. I'm seeing everywhere I go. And so that is just such a blessing to me. And the fact that they're, i not only do they hear my story, mm-hmm. but they t- they shared their story with me. Mm-hmm. And that's what America is all about, is everybody has their own story. And only in America can your story make it, that you can live your American dream and whatever that looks like.
2: Do you, do you get a lot of people asking about when you were in Chicago? your uh, back your your experiences there and how it got you to here
1: I, I... oh absolutely and and they just they commend me for they they re, they realized that it wasn't easy of course it was not mm-hmm. easy but you know what i i'm a determined person and i'm i'm willing to stand and to fight for what i want and i'm i'm ready to stand and fight for Iowa as well yeah well, i
3: got a question for you when do you expect the democratic party to endorse you as a woman of color, educated, running for office, because you know they're looking out for our interests. But of course, they, they should are. be endorsed. Have you? Have they bothered to get a hold of you to tell you when they're going to endorse you? They feel your pain. Of
1: course, uh, que- let me yeah. know. Have Karen, you heard Karen anything? does.
3: Yeah, Karen yeah. feels yeah. your pain. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm sorry. Has hell freezed over yet? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you, know, you just you know you listen to them. They're the race you know, guardian angels for all folks with a permanent tan. It just makes sense to me as a Hispanic that they're going to endorse you pretty soon. So, you know, if you're, if you're a
2: Democrat out there, phone in here and let us know when you plan on in, endorsing, endorsing facetious, her. This is facetious, Dave. That's what this is. <laughs> the uh, now, now, we've got that election, but you've got a primary before then.
1: I do. When, I did, how, do. when does that come up? And that's going to be in June, June 7th.
2: June 7th. So that's when uh, you, you got a little infart and a little... Uh, Republican battle going on with uh, somebody that uh, I think a gentleman uh, I don't remember his name. Is there multiple candidates?
1: Yeah, there's there's a couple of candidates that are running. Um, I'm not sure um, of one. Mm-hmm. Um, she is still. Tr- I haven't heard if she's maybe, still running or not. not. So I'm still out. focused on my race and what I'm going to do. So my goal is Cindy um, Axney and sending her home so we can figure out where her paycheck, her um, unemployment check, is going to go, whether to <laughs> California or to New York.
2: Well, I will tell you this. Hey, you know, you talked about the, her checks. You know, I saw something on the news uh, about her doing some insider trading or not not reporting trading. What, what do you know about that?
1: Well, she has been selling stock and, and anyone who is in the government position needs to report any stock and any gains that they have mm-hmm. um, when they sell their stock. And Miss Sydney has not been doing that. Why they? And for someone who is in the financial industry who has licenses, no one is above the law, Miss Cindy. Well, and yeah. you need to you need to do the right thing. I, I they the sack, everybody watches everything that you do. You have to report any bankruptcies. You have to report any, anything that you've done against the law. And she is not above the law.
2: Well, I want to, <laughs> I want to say that this just is it. you and I talking, making this up. This has been reported in the news. The register oh, yes. did an article on this. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about this, you see, I just saw they just got a new guy hired and he's supposedly going to crack down now. I find that hard to believe and well, he'll crack down on all the Republicans and everybody else, but uh, I find it hard to believe he's going to go after too many Democrats.
3: Uh, You know, who's responsible for Cindy's uh, stock exchange faux pas? Trump. (laughs) Donald Trump's responsible for that. (laughs) They'll get around to blaming
2: him.
1: They will blame him for everything, (laughs) which is so sad.
2: (laughs) So when you talk to folks out there, what do you talk about that you're going to do in office, how you're going to help these folks? Uh, I I think I know your position on law enforcement because that's, that's kind of our main focus here is what do you do for law enforcement? Do you support law enforcement? Uh, You know, we've talked in the past about BLM and some of those, those people. Um, Do you run into a lot of that stuff? I mean, people asking about, what are you going to do for us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the things that I am definitely passionate about is making sure that um, Iowa's economy is is protected. And we we can't continue to tax our small businesses or any businesses right now with this. Mm-hmm human structure bill or whatever they want to call it now. Oh, we're not going to tax. It's going to be the big corporation that we're taxing. No, they're going to tax all of us. Not only the small businesses and the mid-sized business Mm -hmm. and the family businesses, they're going to tax the middle middle class as well as as the low income people. Uh, We we weren't born yesterday. So I don't know why they're thinking or trying to tell us or convince us, oh, this is free. This is not going to harm you at all. You know, if you, if you start taxing companies, that means that they have to cut back on growth. That means they're not going to have more job opportunities. So you tax,
2: comp- yeah, it goes right down. It, comes it goes right down.
1: down and, it, and, and we are the people who are affected by that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and China is buying up our um, land and we need to, we need to make sure they're not, we have to stop them buying up our land sure. and they should not be in charge of our food supply. That's, that scares me. It makes me a little nervous. And as well as, um, you know, protecting life and, right, and right. standing and backing our blue and protecting our borders.
2: Backing the blue is important. Uh, you know, a lot of our listeners, we are, we're retired officers. or people that are pro-law enforcement. And, you know, we always look for the candidates to say, I back the blue. I'm not going to let people and like some of these... Uh, searching for the right word that's not going to get me in trouble. You know Uh, I
1: grew up on the south side of Chicago and I wish we had more police officers around as a person who was a victim of um, a couple of different crimes and you know if it would have been it would have done me a lot of good knowing that um, when I called the police they, they were going to be there for me or if I had police officers driving throughout my neighborhood how much of a difference that would have made um, growing up on the South Side of Chicago, and um, mm-hmm. that would have cut out on a lot of the the gang violence. It would have cut out on all of the senseless muggings and right. and rapes that happen. No,
2: now you have a son. And, I do. And uh, you, being a person of color, and your son's a person of color, do you feel the need to tell him or talk to him about how to interact with law enforcement, or do you think it's just kind of comes? He's, I mean, I don't. You hear this once, well, I have to tell my son how to interact with. The, with law enforcement. Do you feel that need at all?
1: Actually, I teach them how to interact with people, period. With everybody. Yes. Good and when, when you're, you're parenting, right? Yes. Yeah, what so a novel parenting. concept. Yeah. So yeah. when you yeah. meet someone, you look them in the eye and you give them a nice firm handshake. You don't look down at the floor. When someone asks you your name, you speak your name loudly and clearly so they understand what you're saying. And you become, and you walk in confidence in that. Be,
2: and be respectful. And be respectful, be respectful. absolutely. And, and, you know, if more people would do that... We don't hold court on the street arguing with him. If 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 that person's doing something wrong, there's another way to do that. Absolutely, you know you're not going to win. So, uh, you know that's a refreshing deal. Parenting, there's a novel idea. Yeah, raising
3: responsible. You know it's a lot of fun to make a child, but the hard part is rearing them.
1: Oh my goodness, mentoring them, being a
3: parent. You know when they grow up, showing them right. And, And kids all make mistakes, but.
1: And no so chi- parents. Exactly. But
3: no <laughs> child should ever, for any reason, be packing a weapon. To me, that's just a total loss in parenting.
2: Well, I, I think today a lot of kids see their parents talk negatively about law enforcement, and I think that carries over a little bit to their attitudes. I think attitudes, in some cases, are they're hardened more. And that's why I push the uh, school resource officers being in there, and I battle with anybody about them out. I've been vocal about that. Mike Moody is my buddy and uh, I talk to him about that all the time. And I, I think Des Moines are already starting to rethink their deal. And I, that's just my opinion. And uh, they
1: surely do because I, I truly believe this, just having a police officer um, in the school makes a huge difference because that gives the kids an opportunity to build a relationship with those police officers. And then they know that, no, they are not my enemy. They're actually here to help me. And so when they're out in a situation in, in the streets and they need help, mm-hmm. they know that they can go to a police officer and that police officer is going to help. Yeah.
2: I uh, we we're, we're, we've got Chris Scott coming on. I'm going to ask him about that uh, West Des Moines. Uh, it's been a while since I've been in school. My my kids are grown, so but I want to find out if that that's still going on. But yeah, I uh, you know supporting the blue is important in our candidates, and I think there's a trend back. I think there's a trend, but they they've done plenty of damage. That that those people out there uh, have done damage to in recruiting, and they've done damage to that. But uh, there's a, there's a change coming. Of,
3: I've met both of Chief Scott's uh, SROs. Outstanding men, just just great cops, and uh, one of them happens to be Hispanic too. Well, how about that? Yeah, we have a, we David. have
1: some some pretty good ones in Johnston. Just so you know. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of funny. Des Moines pulled theirs, but everybody else has theirs. And then then what happens is sometimes you see these cities, and not just in Des Moines, but you see these cities, they complain about the. The, the suburbs having more than the inner city. Well, why don't you try following the same path and same things that they do? And, and maybe you'll get that anyway. Well, Nicole, I really appreciate you yes, coming on. Right. I don't, is there anything else you need to say? Tell us about your website. Tell us how to give money. Lay that all on us.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for this opportunity to be on. And if I, you know, this is definitely a fight and it, I am ready to fight for Iowa. I'm ready to stand up against um, Nancy Pelosi as well as AOC and the rest of the squad. And just to let them know that, hey, Iowa is here and we're not backing down. So help me replace Cindy Axney and send and send her either to California or New York. Depends on which part of the coast she wants to the live. The left coast. That's
0: what I call it. Send her, send her back to that's the left coast. That's where she's
1: getting all of her funding. And you know, I am a Midwestern girl and um, I need, we need to to unite and come together, so please visit my website, nicolehasso.com, and that's Nicole N I C O L E Hasso Hotel Alpha Sierra Sierra Oscar to help her out, com. guys. Send her all yeah. the money, help <laughs> yeah. her out. Drop we a other,
2: we get, yeah, that's right. We got to do the fight. Well, it was a pleasure, and uh, uh it was a pleasure. Thank you for, by the way, going to the basketball game. And it was a pleasure having you and your son and it's always it's always great having a good son. We'll
1: have you back. Any more tickets, just let us know. We we are always available. <laughs> we'll, do that. we'll have you
3: back plenty between now and the primary. We'll see what we can do. Okay. Have a great have a great holiday. Yeah, yes. thank Thank you. Merry
2: Dave we got our next guest on and I'm excited about this guy because he's uh he's my chief mm-hmm. and uh, I'm actually surprised he could find the way to my house no oh, I'm just kidding <laughs> no, I give him man. a shot but uh, why don't you I'm kidding him uh, why don't you do the introduction
3: it is a, a pleasure and privilege to introduce our next guest he and I were police officers at the Des Moines Police mm-hmm. Department for many many years and then because he's like chief winger you just know he's going onward and upward quality guy he he became Mm -hmm. the west des moines police chief and so
2: welcome chris scott to the program chris hey thanks well i'm gonna tell you they don't make you know if you're gonna be a chief of police you gotta have something special to take that job on and uh (laughs) i mean you know especially in today's climate today's climate but uh yeah welcome
3: welcome yeah chris is chris is easygoing smart competent He's a people guy Great cop too. And a lot of people forget that about a lot of police chiefs. Mm-hmm. They were very, very good police officers and came up, you know, through the, ranks. the ladder through the ranks. And so they've really they really deserved where they're at. Now sometimes that's not always the case, but in Chris's case and Dana Winger's case and many others,
2: that that's the case. One thing that I notice, and Chris, I'm gonna direct this to you, and one yeah. thing I notice, it seems like officers today, chiefs today the younger ones, especially seem more accessible than they used to be. I remember the Wendell Nichols days down there yeah. and it, I'm going way back Yeah. and you just saw him. He was like a myth. You know, you'd see him, he'd come down, roll call, do something mm-hmm. when there's, but he, you never heard about him going out to a ball game or doing I mean, I yeah. just never heard of him. Yeah. And today you got guys like, you know, Chris and, and Dana and, you know, they're going to ball games. Sometimes they go to the wrong ball games, but, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they, like, they, like, they, like, they, like that. Okay. And, uh, um, it, uh, uh, so I, I i guess yeah you do you, you like getting out
4: don't you yeah you I, I enjoy it you guys know uh dana and his wife tammy they get out everywhere right mm-hmm. i'm not sure i want to compare myself to them or try to keep up with the pace they That's go a fast pace, I, yeah. I think it's I, I think it's an expectation right now is to be out and be accessible and talk to people and uh, represent your department i think people want to know the people that that
2: serve them and at my level as well. Right. So get out with the troops and, yeah. and do do stuff like that. Now, you and Dave worked <laughs> together for a while. You worked? Oh, yeah. And we were
3: at the detective bureau for a while, too, before I retired. And then uh, did you, where'd you go from there, uh, from detectives? Well, I got promoted. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, yeah, really. Um, actually, you know, all kidding aside, they, yeah. they wanted me to continue taking promotional exams. Right but they wouldn't guarantee me that I could stay on days. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, yeah. That, that, is, that is That's one kind of my grievances understand. with these chiefs. That's one they of the challenges. They'll promote you and send hey, you, you got, back to patrol. you got to go up.
4: And you got to start doing yeah. level. I mean, but, yeah, you lose. You, you promote. You lose that ability to pick where you want to go. It's a exactly. challenge. So
2: how big is West of Wines? How big is that department? No, well, uh,
4: when I started here, and it was four years ago to the date last Saturday,
2: mm-hmm. uh, we started at 69 officers, and we now have 89. 69 to wow. 89. Okay. And uh you've got three patrol divisions or three three shifts of yeah. patrol. Yes. Is it similar to Des Moines two thirty? Very 332, 332, similar 332, 332. to Des Moines, okay. yeah. Okay. okay, like that. And then you've got a detective bureau. I mean it's a fairly, it's a good sized department. It's, it's a good sized department. Is this really well, is. is this the second largest in Des Moines or in Iowa, would you think? Mm. I think we are the seventh seventh largest in the state of Iowa. I know uh you guys do a great job and, and uh it's a you know, out in West Des Moines, a large suburb. Know. Yeah, it's a large suburb. How many people? I don't even know how many people this the city is. Depends on who you ask. Well, um, and it grows. You've got malls out here and people come into right. town and do stuff like that. You know, that was the
4: biggest the, the biggest tee up for us to get bodies. And Captain Willis, retired, did a mm-hmm. study before I came over. Mm-hmm. And he looked at this thing called the pull factor. And I think he, you know, tapped into some wisdom over at Iowa State.
2: Mm hmm. <laughs>
0: I know what he's trying
4: to say. Long pause. Anyway, we understand chief. <laughs> <laughs> he uh you know, he discovered, hey, this pull factor and he was able to put the numbers together to really get a better picture of how big our city
2: is mm-hmm.
4: and we're we're north of 130 every day with people coming into our city. Mm-hmm. So kind
2: of infl- you know, Altoona runs into that we were talking about that, you know, they got the track out there and they got shopping and you know, you get the people from of and they flood in here yep. and I we're not too small. I'll tell you
3: Chris um Here's how far back I go in West when growing up in Valley Junction. In my day, if you went west on a railroad, it was a two-lane blacktop road, and it dead-ended at Grand. Wow. The yeah. only thing still left there is there's a silo there that they modified on those apartments on the south side oh, of the road. Oh, yeah, I
4: think I know because that's Because if right.
3: you kept going west, you'd
2: drive into a barbed wire fence and cornfield. <laughs> well, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's a way back when, way back mm-hmm. when. Hey, um, tell me about, and I don't know if you can talk about this or not, This Ashley Oakland case, Uh, that's been a while. It's been open. Has there been any progress uh, to speak of? It's a weird case. Yeah. Um, More leads? It is. Uh,
4: Since I've been here, here's what I would tell people. There's two cases, two cold cases we have. Ashley Oakland is one, Johnny Gosh is the other. Yeah. And since I've been here, neither of those cases have collected dust on them. Mm -hmm. There's always somebody calling Mm -hmm. with some information, and you have to follow up on everything.
2: Yeah. You know, Gosh, know, I remember the Johnny Gosh case. I, w- I was working when that happened. Yeah. The, that, the, that followed
3: night. by Eugene Martin.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And so Ashley's, that was, a, she was a realtor in a house. And they found her deceased in there and uh, it was just the weirdest thing. No, I mean, it was just an odd thing. You know, they, they interviewed, I can't even begin to
4: tell you how many people they interviewed when I came to West Des Moines. That was one of the, one of the cases I want to brief on just to see, you know, where it's at. Is there any movement they're very confident. They interviewed the killer in that oh, case. Yes, really? They're, they're they're very confident, but they're just not sure which. Knowing it and proving it are two different things. Exactly.
2: Yep. I mean, I, Des Moines. We talked to. Uh, we had an older detective in here, and he was John Shaver. John, you remember John? Oh yeah. John yeah. was talking about they had a homicide up there, and they knew it was the neighbor. They knew it. They yeah. just couldn't prove it. <laughs> it was before DNA, and it was a brutal homicide, and and uh, those those things always trouble people. Um, and I'm going to go back before you were in Des Moines, what made you decide to come to the West One and chief? I mean, were you recruited? Were you, was that just something you said, God, I want to do that?
4: I'm not sure I'd answer that question. I got a phone call one day and said, mm-hmm. hey, have you ever considered putting in for the chief's job in West Des Moines? And I thought, okay, I, no, I've never thought about it before. Mm-hmm. I went home and I talked to my wife and we agreed, nothing, it doesn't hurt to throw your name in the hat. Right. Uh, so threw my name in the hat and- we continued down that road and we made a cut after a cut after a cut. And it, it wasn't the the last cut, but we were really getting down there. My wife and I went to a, a local establishment to have a drink or two. And she just looked at me across the table and she goes, they going to give you this job? And I looked back and I go, I think so. <laughs> I'm afraid so. I, I'm afraid afraid. They're, I, I think they're going to do that. So anyways, it's, uh i love des moines you don't have to tell you guys about it you guys have been there it's right, an awesome right. it's an awesome place to work i've not had to look back they've treated me very well here we've grown as a department i've got good city leadership mm-hmm. we talked about tom haddon mm-hmm. we've had some great elected officials i'm i i feel bad for some of these departments around the state they're they're just trying to hold on you know, you know not consolidate and here we are adding 20 people to our mm-hmm. department we're, we're we know so. we're going to
2: outgrow our facility so we have a lot of good things going Recruiting, on. Recruiting, is has that been a, a challenge at all? It was. Because um, I know some departments, you know, I saw, I think, like uh, Ankeny was having yeah. a hiring bonus, and increase. A lot of departments are doing that. Are you having to do any of that? We
4: have not. Um, we we dropped. I, I was so worried about it. We went from 120 applicants to 35. Hmm. I thought, we're going to end up scrapping this list and have to start over. Um, but as luck would have it, we had some top-shelf people on the list of 35. Yeah. And we end up actually taking three, three guys from Iowa City. But we don't have, you know, in our process, if, you know, the cops that apply, we don't do that entry level stuff because they've already done it. Right. We don't make them do the physical test. We don't make them do the written test. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we do buy out t- contracts if they've got a contract from a smaller town, mm-hmm. but there's no bonus. We start them a little bit higher in the salary scale. And uh, that's it. And have we've you, been have l- you had
2: any come from uh, other m- outside the state? Any officers, uh, you know, from maybe like Portland we, or some places? Yeah, sort of we've warm. had we've had some applicants, but we've not hired any. Not hired, him, mm-hmm. not, not not come there. We asked that question to Dana too about Des Moines, and he said they have They've been fortunate. They, they recruit, but uh, some you know it's it's competitive out there. Uh, but I would say this: those thirty five that applied, they wanted to be police. They didn't care, and so you right the, the good quality people didn't care. They want to be yeah, officers
4: during that time. If you were applying to be a cop, you knew they were committed,
2: right? right. Well, have
3: you and you kind of came into it as did Dana when there was a lot of transition from uh, the young, the departments being kind of, I say this jokingly, geriatric to transitioning to a young department. Is is that what you saw too when you were there? Very much so.
4: Here in West Des Moines, absolutely. That's one of the things i walked in the door and I looked at my executive team, which is an assistant chief and two captains, and knew in three years they could all retire. Mm -hmm. So far I've lost, uh, my assistant chief retired, and one of my captains captain Barrett he's everybody knows him he's been mm-hmm. around a long time but he'll retire here in march yeah so I'm, um, you know with these these 20 additional bodies that we brought in they're
3: all young yeah. i mean they're all young yeah, yeah uh one of your recent retirees uh Travis yep he coached in my youth football a great guy <laughs> he's yep. a, he's a good egg top shelf And top I, shelf and guy. i went to valley with barrett Okay. He went to, he's a Valley grad, so that, I'm surprised. That's he's still, how you
2: age yourself right uh, there. <laughs> oh, there he goes. Yeah, he's playing David. <laughs> nice hit, Chris. <laughs> hey, um, this is up your alley, and Kay. we asked Dana this. We went through this a little bit. Uh, obviously, with having officers, sometimes they look at equipment they drive and what they do. Tell us about your, uh, you know, the car bit. I mean, we asked Dana uh preference on vehicles. You guys drive Fords? We are all Ford,
4: the new SUVs. Mm-hmm. Now you guys would both know this. There there was a time when you were a cop and you'd be chasing someone down the street, and there was this comforting sound of a of a Ford Crown Vic. You mm-hmm. just knew help was on the way. Right, right. right. Somehow they took that out of these SUVs. They don't sound the same. They don't sound the same. They don't sound the same. <laughs> but no, they're they're roomy. We carry more equipment than I would have ever dreamed as a young cop in the back of those those uh, those SUVs. So they're they're great for for storing all your your tools. Right. You still got space for your, you know, people that you're going to get a ride to, you know, a place to stay. Mm-hmm. And then,
2: you know, in your front seat, that's your office. Snow There's and cleaner. ice. You got the four-wheel drive. Yeah, all-wheel drive. Yeah, and, then, and you know, that used to be back in our day, we'd be in those convicts. But, buddy, you hit an ice storm or snowstorm, you might be pushing your car. Right. Today, the, the, you know, you don't have that. What about the, have you looked at the Chevy at all? Have you compared? Have been up to Carl's place and looked at his stuff? The only uh,
4: thing we've, we've talked about Chevys is we have some really big guys. Right. And they've asked us to consider looking at the Chevys. Uh, we haven't yet. I don't think Chevy went to, to government bid because I think they make more money this year selling it off of, off of, you know, to private people. So yeah. got some news. I don't blame got some, them.
3: Got some good news for you, Chief. <laughs> yeah. Carl has, they have taken the Tahoe to the police pursuit oh, capacity. Good. And if you got some big guys, they'll love the Tahoe.
2: Yeah. 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 I, yeah I, I, we we just
3: name. bought one for my department. And... This thing is roomy, it's got good performance, and holds a high resale. Don't
2: did, did, they match up price-wise pretty good? Yeah, the
3: state bid was real close, and uh, our, our buddy over at the county drives one, uh, oh, Kevin yeah. Schneider. Yeah. He's a the, he's the police officer who was one of the first officers I saw in a Tahoe when he was a guest at WHO with Maxwell and I here a couple, about a year ago. And I said, man, you're living large. You got a Tahoe. He goes, knock it off, Murillo. It was the same price as a Crown Vic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, they they used to. I know you used to have a dealer here, a Ford dealer, so you do business. But you don't have a Ford dealer, I think, in West Des Moines anymore. You probably no, no. run Stivers yep. to do your deal. Yep. I would. I would tell you this, and and not that. Uh, other than if you haven't had a chance to go up to that. That uh, Carl that, emergency car, vehicles. Oh, take a, take a tour. Yeah, go yeah, up there. Have, have them buy you lunch or something. lunch. Or, <laughs> or, sounds good. Or, uh, I mean, it, it's it is it's, it's impressive. It, it is. It. it I mean, I, I just they've got more bays up there. They're turning those cars, and he's it's got a one, bunch. One of stop shopping for everything he does. Know. Everything. Sounds like I'm going to have to send Carl a bill now for this. We're going yeah, to, we're going yeah to you are. Bill, <laughs> we're going to yeah, bill right. for that. Say, hey, buddy. So since you've been on the department, in and again, I go back to Dana's deal. We asked him what he had done. what were the two things that he did? He said, "I did two things. I required people to wear best. And I required them to have mental health checks once a year on their birthday." Is there anything like that that you have done over there? Have you? Was everything pretty well set? Or- oh, we've uh- we've made we've made some
4: changes. We've 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 added some. Uh, you know, the the traffic unit wasn't working or up and running. It was disbanded. We mm-hmm. re-implemented that. We started another program, the uh, Entertainment Response Unit. As we already talked about, this is a place that grows during the day and during the evening, bars, restaurants, malls, all that stuff. Right. So uh, we established what's called an entertainment response unit. And mm-hmm. their, their their purpose on our department is to police those that come to our city. Okay. Um, what was happening is you get somebody, you know, has to go to the mall for a theft trip. Well, that's a beat officer, basically. Mm-hmm. Well how many trips you're going to make up there in a the day? Well, that's pulling resources out of our neighborhoods. Right. So we tried to separate those services and, and keep fluid services, both in our neighborhoods
2: and provide services to those that are coming to the yeah. You got that say. mall. You had a shoplifter one or two times, three times oh, up there. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's something. The other thing that I was going to ask you, and we had Nicole Hassel on, and I think you heard her, uh, we were talking about SROs. Tell me about your program. I know Des Moines did away with theirs. Well, how's your program doing? Excellent. We timing was bad. Um,
4: Dr. Remy, the superintendent here in West Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Uh, she and I talked. They were, they had already planned a review of our SROs prior to all the, the justice stuff that was mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so timing was bad because it looked like we were being questioned. And she assured me, she goes, That's not it. We just, it's time we need to review our program, make sure that everybody's on the same page. I said, I'm right. not, I'm good. We'll we'll go through this. I'm not worried about it. Really what we found out was we, we failed to educate the school, what we do. And when we mm-hmm. dug into it and started to say, this is what we do, listen, we're not hiding in bushes trying to catch kids doing things wrong or mm-hmm. stuffing kids in lockers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Rarely percentage wise we do. That's the least thing we do is law enforcement. We're up there mentoring and coaching. We're, we're parents, kids, staff members, you know, I made some changes when I came here. At that time, SROs were detectives. Mm-hmm. And so I met with every cop one on one to find out, you know, where are we at? How are we moving forward? But they were, they loved their job, but they were probably the most frustrated or dissatisfied because when they're doing cop work in the schools, mm-hmm. detectives were like, hey, we got cases. You need to get work. Right. So when they're doing cases, the school was going, hey, we need you to, to school. They were in civilian clothes, they drove unmarked cars. We said, okay, we're done. We're going to do 100% in the schools in uniform with a marked car outside, so everybody knows that you're there. Right. And zero pushback, absolutely none. So we go through this SRO review. The school board has been very complimentary of what we're doing mm-hmm. in the school. Um, I'm not worried about
2: going. Kids away. aren't afraid. They come up. Probably come up to. Uh, they levitate yeah. off or something. That's so exactly they what they do. I yep. mean, I mean, Des Moines went through that where they they had some parents say, "Oh, the kids are scared of it." No. They're, they're, they're a figure, and, and these guys are accessible, and and uh, I think that solves the problem, especially outside of school if they have to deal with them, interact with them out there. Maybe there's that, that Absolutely. relationship. It's a, it's
4: amazing to me. I was an SRO at East High School in Des Moines for a couple of years. And just the other day, I had uh, breakfast with Sheriff Leonard, Dallas mm-hmm. County, out at Perkins, and one of the guys working there, African-American kid, mm-hmm. that I had a great relationship with at East, come walking up to me, and he goes, he gave me that look like, I know you. And he goes, Scotty? And I'm like, yeah. oh, my gosh. But those relationships you build with the kids, it, it, it it's amazing to it's me. Important. It's, it's oh, important. Oh, it's huge. And you oh, guys serious. talked about Moody? Right, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Our buddy Bill or Everybody loved him. All the kids mm-hmm. loved him. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I heard they were considering getting him out. And then I heard a study that they did a survey over there. And 67%
2: of the, of the parents wanted to keep him. Absolutely. And they still got rid of them. Well, like, yeah, you let a small percentage drive you. Has, has the, speaking of that, has um, the BLM social justice folks, have they had an impact here out here in West Des Moines? Have they done anything or created any problems for you? Or No, not really. We,
4: we had uh, some protests, um, nothing like what Des Moines went through. Right. But we had, the, our biggest one was in the Valley Junction. They, they estimate that to be over a thousand people. Really? Uh, they did a they did a huge walk, um, but we had we had no problems until somebody saw me, because we we we, we put cops everywhere, right, right? But nobody could see them. Okay. So myself, Overson, Barrett, mm-hmm. Hayes, we walked all the business. And said we're here, we got it. If something goes south, we'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. And so we had a ready response, and I think part of it was is to not allow the conflict. Mm-hmm. not to put a cop and, a, and, a, and somebody that wanted to protest us, you know, together. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen until the end of the night. And I'm outside on my phone talking to uh, a city councilman, actually, and somebody saw me. And then they came over there and they berated me and called, called mm-hmm. me all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And so th- that happened a second time when they had a, uh, um, a walk that started at the high school. And so we staffed that fire station. We had packed with the cops. You know, they're not going to tear somebody's house up. So I wasn't overly worried about it, but right. we were ready and we had zero issues at the end of the night. Overson's taking the garbage out. Mm-hmm. Somebody saw him, same deal. Yeah. They did. Lit just, into yep, him. Yep, lit right into him. And well, it wasn't our first
3: rodeo. It, so. it, it,
2: you're always going to have those individuals.
3: You know why they picked Valley Junction? Because they finally got new streets. Down there, I want to file a grievance, Chief. I grew up down there, and the streets were shoddy. But well, no, they... I drive through there every now and then just to reminisce. And I told my wife, "Look at these new streets. <laughs> Everybody but me." So well,
4: Fifth Street's <laughs> beautiful at night. Right now, you go down with all those lights. Oh, on I love it. it. Yeah, gorgeous. As I gorgeous. drive
3: down there, growing up down there in the '60s, I see different businesses that that f- were the foundation for that yeah. Silver's department store. Stillwell Grocery Store. Your your police department was down there. Yeah. I'm sure you know yeah. that. And then McLaren's Funeral Home and uh, van, uh, there was all sorts of van, like Vandenberg Drug Store, Tavern Piece, the Tavern. Pizza. The tavern. <laughs> it's still there. The Tavern. Yeah. The tavern's we tavern's all know about yeah. the Tavern. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of that retail, have you seen any of the uh, smash and grab stuff at all? I don't. No, I that, haven't heard of any in that state. But no. you know, maybe I'm remiss.
4: The way they're doing it out there, out west, out left, whatever you want to call yeah, the, it, the left mm-hmm, coast. Yeah. Uh, you know they're you yeah, got 30 cars they follow each other they, they have a target and then they hit it 20, twenty thirty cars do that here you'd think they're probably going to go do a drag race which would normally happen but if they do yeah. that at the mall
2: they're going to stand out and I think we'd have a pretty quick response I don't yeah. think those people are all indigents I think they're driving uh, the pictures I've seen these cars are pretty nice yeah. <laughs> looks like an organized effort by I don't know some kids some college kids maybe and in uh, but they they hit it but they're they're starting to turn that around I think a little bit they're going they're final it's, it's orchestrated.
3: On them. And it's organized. Crime. The, folks, the folks who yeah. who are supporting it know what they're doing. And Absolutely, they, and they know where to do it because yep. they've got lackluster, you know, spineless city leaders there
2: who just stand back and let it happen. I, yeah. I will tell you, I was on your website today, and I was so impressed at all the. It seems like donations that come to you guys from the different groups. The community really gets behind West Des Moines, don't they? It it blows me away to be honest with you. We've you know,
4: if you have a canine, someone's going to donate. I mean, oh, they p- love dogs. people love dogs, right? right? Dogs. I mean, they love the dogs. So we've had some awesome people step up, give us some great donations. Uh, there's a, the Emily Foundation. Um, this year alone has donated $50,000 to the West One Police Department. It mm-hmm. started out with one donation of $10,000 to our canine unit. Um, the Emily Foundation was developed by Emily's parents. Um, they're very, very private people. So I'm, I'm not going to say their names uh, out of respect to them, actually. But Emily um, was a valley student. Um, she later went to Iowa State. Yeah. And yeah. later got a job out in Denver, Colorado. Well, she also had a stalker who eventually killed her in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So they created this foundation, and uh, they've they've donated to our canine fund ten thousand, then another fifteen later to our canine. And we gave him a tour of the station, brought them down, uh, had him meet a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And they just recently gave us twenty
2: five thousand dollars to use right. towards training. So th- they're I, awesome. But we have a lot of. Them. I see those groups in the end. Now you guys have had body cameras for how long? Have you had them before long? me? Before so you, it's, you know, I we, would think we, they got them in twenty sixteen. We got we got them, and and Dave mentions this all the time. My dad donated body cameras to Des Moines. He started that effort there. There in Waukee. I remember I, that. I don't know why he didn't do West Des Moines. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. But but um, uh, I think body cameras are such a good thing now. Amazing. I movie. was so un, unsure of it when it first came out, but, you know, it protects the officer more. So we, we looked at uh, in-car cameras
4: while I was in West Des Moines and, or excuse me, in Des Moines. And when I remember going to Chicago, you know, there, there you went through this phase where nobody wanted, no cops wanted it.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: We go to Chicago, we found what we wanted. We want to see how somebody implemented the program. And their cops were like breaking the cameras. Mm-hmm. They didn't want these in the car. Well, now fast forward 10 years. You don't go out on the street unless you have a camera now. Exactly. They, right. they have saved our guys time and time and time again.
3: What's
2: our acronym in police work, Chief? CYA. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> is, is there anything now that, I guess it's Christmas time. Is there a wish list that you'd like? Some things that, that the public could help out with the department? Is there anything that you need?
4: Wow, that's I should I should be better prepared for that. I don't um,
2: I don't know West. I always say Western Wyoming has the nicest stuff. They're, they're <laughs> spending money, over there like drunken sailors. <laughs> no, I, no I, well, you know, you're they are trouble. They have the nicest plow trucks. They have the nicest, you know, those city works guys. They really got it. But I, I you know, everybody's, you know, I mean, if there was something you had more money for. I always like bringing that up in case yeah. somebody wants to write a check.
4: You know, we we uh, we spent a lot of money. We did buy. A, a, well, we didn't buy it? We lease a simulator uh, to mm-hmm. a de-escalation, a firearms, a less-than-lethal, force mm-hmm. simulator. Des Moines uses it for their academy class. Mm-hmm. Other agencies come over and use it. We use it. We're looking at another one right now. Um, it'd be the first in the state, but it's a driving simulator. Oh, uh, there's cool. so much liability in driving cars, specifically mm-hmm. if you get into a pursuit. Uh, We found a simulator uh, where actually it can certify our guys in in Pitt as well. So Mm -hmm. we're not there yet, but we're getting close. That's really cool. I
3: monitor uh, the, you know, you're quite familiar with the new state radio system, the ISIC system. And we monitor the Des Moines radio traffic constantly. And today versus yesteryear... It's very common for these watch commanders to call off a chase yep. when the chase becomes overly dangerous to the innocent people around it. They will get on the air and call it. And back in our day, that that didn't happen a no. whole lot. You know, we'd chase them to hell and back. You right, know, and and, and every happens. one of
4: us would get in the chase too. Oh yeah,
3: <laughs> and, you know, I noticed Chris, and I'm sure you do. The older you get, the less apt you are to hot dog the <laughs> chase. Oh, yeah. You, you know,
2: you want to retire.
0: <laughs> yeah, <that's
2: right>. Yep. <laughs> yep. The chief does tell me about mental health a little bit. What Des Moines do you, or everybody has crisis teams going out. Tell me about your mental yeah. health unit and how, how you handle mental health calls. So, new to
4: our department this year, and this is part of, you know, the the demands from the public. We we hired a diversity officer. But one of the what we found is one of the biggest jobs that she's had is has to do with mental health. We've never been in a position before where we we have a ton of calls for mental health. I mean, I think you would expect that. But what we haven't had before is is an officer who every day can come to work, read the watch report, identify, you know, the mental health issues and do a follow-up with those people to find out, okay, do they have a caseworker? Do they need mobile crisis? You know, how can
2: we assist them so they're not the the heavy user of the system? Is that what happens? Uh, somebody comes out to the house. There's a crisis. Uh, a guy has his, uh, her husband's off the deep end. Yep. You the officers are there. Hopefully, that's it's nonviolent. You call out somebody to come out there. Then so we utilize mobile down. crisis like Des Moines does.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, we do use Westcom though. Uh, Des Moines is implementing a program I'm really excited to see. I think it will be wildly successful. But where they have clinicians, you know, in dispatch mm-hmm. so that, hey, I've got ai got a mental health issue. So it going to go from that dispatcher to that clinician in the 911 center. Mm. And then they can they can deal with that. They can send out whatever resources they think they need. So we'll watch that closely and see if that's something that we can yeah. implement. Because I guess m-
2: a lot of these people are, I would, you know, most of these calls that I went on, most of them were having mental issues. Oh, that, was, that was the problem. Well, yeah. one of
3: the big issues, and I know the chief will agree with me on this, is the lack of funding for yep. this. That's been cut over the years, and they need to reimplement funding for mental health issues and and not just the issues but housing, yep. places for law to enforcement take to take people to. Yes, yeah, I'm, because I'm, that's one of the most frustrating parts for a police officer. He or she sees a child or an adult that needs to go someplace for professional help, and there's nowhere to take them, or if there are places, they're full. Take them to the right. ER room. That's what you. Got. I mean, yep. that's what they do. exactly. Yeah. They're jail, the yep. jail, and we all know jail's not. Well, a mental jail health means Meyer Hall for a little bit, unless it's for a, kids. Unless it's a heinous event, because then they're they. It's called a delayed referral, where they they turn them back over to the parents. Right. You know.
0: Well, which, I, which I, for the kids is huge.
4: Yeah. And I think if we if we had better mental health response for kids. Maybe we get diagnoses earlier, and kids know how to manage that later. And I think that we reap the rewards of that. By now, we have adults who knows they have a mental health mm-hmm. issue, who know how to manage and deal with it.
2: Hopefully, that makes everything better. Alone, you, in the long you long know, long. we have Laura Roan on the on on yep. the program. She's going to run for um, Sarcone spot. And we asked her, and that was a big issue for her was mental health. She really wants she to. Yeah. She wants to expand that. I don't know if you probably have worked with her. She's yep. a great person. Yep. Uh, and she's pretty sharp, and and it really never, you know, if you're not involved in it, it doesn't ring a bell to you. But when after I got talked to, talk to it, it, it it makes sense. It just makes sense. Most of your calls, uh, you got to be able to do that. And you guys are pretty well funded. I mean, your uh, council supports you, don't you? Oh, absolutely. We I have mean, wonderful council support. I, I would, I would think. I, I gotta say, I think you're probably one of the more well-funded departments. I would not argue that. I know my Absolutely. tax dollars. We'll sure say that,
3: guy Well you <laughs> live in the Taj Mahal, Roger. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm in He's like, you're
2: going to you look that out is... his back window, Chris, there's <laughs> he, fountains he, he, by a lake. Goes, uh, I, goes, I about
4: uh, bought a
3: house out your back that, that, window. Yeah. One of, yeah. Oh, I looked man. at the house over there. You'd be
2: catching me swimming <laughs> out there. It's a good thing you didn't, chief, because he does his jogging in the
0: news.
2: <laughs> well, chief, I got it. I do have to ask you a real serious question here. um, I don't know if there needs to be a full investigation of this. Um, but it, to some people, it's very concerning. Um, how did the Hawkeyes get beat so badly by <laughs> the Cyclones? <laughs> In the Skyhawk oh, basketball game the other night, I know you're. A, I know you're a hawk fan, so that's why I had to. I, no, I, I it's, if,
4: uh, So I knew that.
2: I think Weir went there. We here. yeah, because he got a text to tell from somebody to tell me to sit down. And I think we came. Might
4: have been all right, and I also might have said we need a little bit more enthusiasm to you, but there might be some other reasons why he wasn't jumping up and down. No. Not just because we weren't giving our best game, but do you remember 1987? At Hilton Coliseum, LaFester Road scores oh, yeah. fifty two, fifty four points. I think I was at that game. I think I was, I was too. And underneath my coat was my Hawkeye clothes, and I was I was ready to just break it out. I was there with my <laughs> basketball coach, Larry <laughs> Schaefer, and I never took my coat off that entire game. Yeah, and they wore the whole and thing.
2: he, oh, it was unbelievable. Well, I knew you were, I knew your fan. Dana says. He, he says, Scott, just texted me. He says, I told you to sit down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Tammy was on the other side of yep. him, but, and it. And it, it, it's a lot of fun. I know you kid that. And your department, do you guys, uh, is it a 50-50 blend over there, Hawk fans and Cyclones? Well, yeah. interesting. You
4: know, we've so we've got a, a football player from Iowa yeah. who played. Uh, we've got a football player from Iowa State that played both offense and defensive line. Right, right. Um, and we've got another football player that also wrestled at Iowa State. Kyle Slifka he both wrestled and played football. They're all awesome people you all know get so they there's, get there's, each there's, other a little there's get definitely yeah. some some banter that goes back and forth. I wasn't really. I didn't grow up a huge um, Iowa State fan when I lived in Huxley, ten miles away from mm. Ames. You know, I can't oh, believe they didn't smokes. shame me yeah, out of yeah. town, right? But I'll tell
2: you what, they have
4: first-class coaches over there right now. You yeah, know, Matt they Campbell they really do. and his TJ guy with too. You know,
2: yeah, yeah, they, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, love I love Kirk Ferentz. Yep. I love that. The, you know. Uh couldn't ask for better. I love Matt Campbell. I love yeah. all these guys. They're quality. You know, I was talking to John Quinn and he he ex-Iowa State athlete, yeah. ex quarterback yeah. uh for Iowa State. And he says he likes hiring ex athletes from colleges, you know, NCAA athletes. Does that seem to be a good for You know, good it's
4: it's, it's you? a team environment. You know, right, they right. come, they they mm-hmm. they they want it. There's there's a sense of com- competition, you know, when you're a cop, you don't sure. you look at the watch report and you say, What did I miss last night? You mm-hmm. know, you you don't want to get beat. But Me uh, and some of the, these athletes... We, we
2: called ourselves... We were the
4: felony car. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you the go. Felon Two felons car. working together. That's <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> Driving. Uh, yeah, well, anyways. We didn't arrest any, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love... I I, I enjoy uh, hiring athletes just because of that team environment that they're so yeah. used to. and we, And we have... We have a lot of athletes on our department. You know, right?
3: Chris, one of the thing I'm sure, I know you know this, for years Brad Hopkins and I ran the West Des Moines Little yeah. Pro Youth Football. Yeah, I am coaching that. And out of those thousands and thousands and thousands of kids we ran through that program, only one made it to the NFL, but, boy, he did it in a large way, that's Alan Lazard.
4: You know, oh, yeah. He's
3: a receiver for the Packers. Oh, yeah. but He was up the road from you at the Valley Stadium playing for about three or four years as a little
2: tyke. Is so, it? That's cool, yeah. yeah cool. That's so, awesome. right, we had we, we had a guy uh, on the – um, Chris Spencer, I don't know if you know Chris, he played uh, He played for Iowa State, he played for the Iowa Barnstormers, Kurt Warner's favorite target, used to throw to him all the time, and uh, he got into law enforcement and he became a detective, now he's a sergeant over in Omaha PD. Oh wow, And he, okay. he came on, he's a homicide detective where they're great. Good big. guy. Yeah, great, great guy, guy. He looks, I'd like to still look, I mean he's great big son of a gun, but <laughs> he likes to go out and have a drink with us, he's, mm. he's our kind of guy. Good egg. Hey, I, I want to tell you, we're kind of running, yeah. Run out of time, and it was great having you. I appreciate you coming out. Hey, um, Honored to be here. Yeah. I appreciate it. You know, appreciate I want you. to get you back on. I, I
3: yeah. told Roger, this is a class guy we got coming in here, and you didn't disappoint. Yeah, I I've, thank I've, you. I really liked this guy from the minute he got hired. And I was Des Moines PD a long time before Chris got hired. <laughs> kind of aging myself. But I could tell guys like him and Winger; they were destined for greatness. Just good guys. Well, good guys.
2: we got to get them all together. We got to have a, a deal or a cookout or something. And get these guys together. We'll and do show it on our the, appreciation. The Backside of Rogers' house, so we can all look over the lake. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it, can... bro. Stop it. <laughs> but Chris, but uh, Chris, thanks for coming. Great out. job, uh, Chief. Uh, yeah. Thank, Thank you much. You, uh, yeah, appreciate it. Great know, job, uh,
3: Chief Scott. I I West I, Des Police Chief Chris Scott. Great job. Thanks, Chief. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I was got to love him. Oh, he's a great guy.
2: Oh, I like Mr. Scott. He, uh, the Chief Scott? Chris uh, Scott? Uh, he's the well, well, salt well. of the earth. That- I'm going to get him up to a game. We're going to we're going to have a couple of, you know, he's, he's a, a great guy. He's an Iowa fan, but you know, I'm not going to hold that against him. And I mean, if you, if you could put
3: him into a machine that would duplicate everything about him and we could sell them as chief of police <laughs> across oh, wait a minute. the nation. You said that
2: about and Williams too. True. So it's true. It's true. Well, both of them are, yeah, they remind me of each other. They're uh, just,
3: they're just easy to like. They're competent, capable. And that's quite frankly why they're, that's they're my right. chief of police. Yeah. That's
2: right here. Yeah. And you, and you know, he came out to the house and, he didn't say, "Hey, we've been here before." I'm just <laughs> glad, Roger, you didn't drop a. Oh my god! Oh my was, god! Oh, oh my god! It. LOL. Well, well, next week uh, we got Johnny Quinn coming on. Be a good one, the walkie guy. So, hey, thanks for coming. All right, keep tuning in because we
3: bring in the big dogs for our show, and Tune we got in. and we got the big dog Dave Marillo. That's right. That's All right, right. right. See you. <laughs> See you, buddy.
0: You've been listening to Cop Talk USA with your hosts Marillo and French.